This is the third episode of I Made a Biology Podcast to help me study. And today I'm doing the third topic in unit one, which is all about membrane structure. So the most important part of the plasma membrane is the phospholipid bilayer. A phospholipid consists of a polar head, which is composed of glycerol and phosphate, and two nonpolar tails, which are composed of fatty acid chains. So the nonpolar tails are attached to the polar head, and the polar head is hydrophilic, which means it enjoys the presence of water and it is attracted to water. And the nonpolar tails are hydrophobic, and this means that they don't like the presence of water and they repel water. Because phospholipids contain both hydrophilic and hydrophobic regions, they are classed as amphipathic. So the act of having both hydrophilic and hydrophobic properties makes the bilayer amphipathic. The hydrophobic tail region faces inwards and is shielded from the fluids, while the hydrophilic head regions associate with the exterior. So that means the cytosolic fluid, which would be inside the cell, and the extracellular fluids, which would be outside of the cell. The properties of the phospholipid bilayer include that the bilayer is held together by weak hydrophobic interactions between the tails. That means that the chain of phospholipids is connected by the tails. But this is weak and emphasis on weak because the the individual phospholipids can move within the bilayer. So because they are not fixed, it allows the membrane to be fluid and flexible. So this is really important to remember that the individual phospholipids are mobile. Then the hydrophilic and hydrophobic layers restrict the passage of many substances. So that's what allows for material exchange, but on a selective basis. So the memory doesn't allow everything to pass and it doesn't allow everything to leave. Then the fluidity of the membrane allows for the spontaneous breaking and the reforming of the membrane. So this is necessary for endocytosis and exocytosis, which is the exit and entrance of molecules. And this is all related back to the fact that an individual phospholipid bilayer can move. Moving on to the membrane proteins. So phospholipid bilayers are embedded with proteins. And embedded means that the proteins sit inside or on the membrane. And these can be either permanent or temporary. So integral proteins are permanently attached to the membrane. And they are typical transmembrane, typically transmembrane, which means that they span across the bilayer from the top to the bottom. Then there are peripheral proteins, and these are temporarily attached by non-covalent interactions, and they associate with one surface of the membrane. This could be either surface. Um, and also important to note is that the integral proteins include channel proteins and carrier proteins. The structure of membrane proteins is the same idea as mentioned earlier of that the nonpolar and the hydrophobic amino acids would associate with the lipid bilayer, while the polar and hydrophilic amino acids would be located internally and face the solutions. The structure of these um, proteins could be either single helixes or helical bundles or beta barrels, but the general structure will always be tertiary. So membrane proteins have tertiary structures. 
Moving on to the functions of the membrane proteins, they can be remembered with the mnemonic JET rat. So junctions, enzymes, transport, recognition, anchorage, and transduction. Junctions means that they can be joined with other cells, so cells joining other cells. Enzymes is that the fixing to membranes localizes metabolic pathways, which is where enzymes can undergo their processes. Transport is because the proteins are responsible for facilitated diffusion and active transport, so they allow the movement from one end of the membrane to the other. Recognition is how the proteins can function as a marker for cellular identification. So this means that the presence of a certain, of a certain protein could indicate what kind of cell um, it is. Anchorage is the attachment points for cytoskeleton and extracellular matrix. So that means that the proteins could act as a place where the cytoskeleton could build on and could use as a basis for its construction. And transduction is how, how proteins can function as a receptor or receptors for peptide hormones. So jet rat, junctions, enzymes, transport, recognition, anchorage, and transduction. Moving on to cholesterol, which is an extremely important component of the membrane. It is specifically for animal cell membranes and it maintains the stability of the membrane. It is also amphipathic, um, so it has both hydrophilic and hydrophobic regions. Specifically, the hydroxyl group is hydrophilic and the remainder of the molecule is hydrophobic. And that um, decides how cholesterol is positioned in the membrane. So the hydrophilic part, the hydroxyl group, aligns towards the phosphate heads, while the remainder associates with the phospholipid tails. The role of cholesterol is that it interacts with the fatty acid tails to moderate the properties of the membrane. So it acts as a controlling component. And it does this to immobilize the outer surface of the membrane, so it slightly reduces its fluidity. This uh, links back to it providing structure. Then it also makes the membrane less permeable and um, it reduces the passage of small water-soluble molecules. It also functions to separate the individual phospholipid tails because that helps to prevent crystallization of the membrane. So by creating a barrier, the crystallization cannot occur. And it helps secure the peripheral proteins. Then moving on to uh, the fluid mosaic model, this is another word of saying uh, the plasma membrane or the membrane structure or your preferred way of um, describing it. But the fluid mosaic model explains how the phospho bi phospholipid bilayer is um, mobile so that the individual phospholipids can move. That is expressed by the word fluid. And the fact that it is embedded with proteins and it creates this mosaic um, appearance because all these small structures are creating a larger structure. So that's where the words fluid and mosaic come from. Then important components of the plasma membrane as a review are the phospholipids, cholesterol, and the membrane proteins. The phospholipids form a bilayer with phosphate heads facing outwards and fatty acid tails facing inwards. Cholesterol found in strictly animal cell membranes functions to improve the stability 
and it reduces the fluidity. And the proteins, they can be either integral or peripheral and have a variety of roles, which you can remember with JetRat. The last aspect of this topic covers membrane models and how the original model of the membrane was proposed by Gafson and Danielli, which believed that there was a phospholipid bilayer surrounded by two protein layers. They suggested that there were three layers on the membrane and this model was described as the lipoprotein sandwich. However, there were various problems with this because it assumed all membranes were uniform and it also did not account for permeability or have the correct solidification temperature. This uh, model was falsified and it was done so using freeze fracturing. So what this does is it freezes the membrane and then it splits it open and it reveals the internal, um, the internal surfaces within the membrane. And in light of these limitations, a new model was proposed by Singer Nicholson in 1972 and this showed that the proteins were embedded within the phospholipid bilayer rather than existing as separate layers and this was then established as the fluid mosaic model because it shows that indeed the um, membrane is mobile and it is not fixed as well as accounting for the permeability. So that wraps up topic 1.3 in just under 10 minutes and yeah I hope this was effect effect effective helpful I don't know you know what I mean.